Welcome to the Community Pioneers podcast with me, Chris Smith. Well, I'm joined in the podcast by someone who's known in Dundee as part of the Transition Dundee team. And most people know in Dundee will know the wardrobe. They'll know the community fridge up on the Perth Road. So they might not know the some of the faces behind the team. Delighted to be joined by Joyce Reed. Joyce, how did your involvement in Transition Dundee start? Well, Transition Dundee has been in existence since April of this year, April 2022. I actually joined the Gate Church Carbon Saving Project in 2018, so like four years ago. Um, and at that time, we had CCF funding. When that finished, we knew we wanted to go on and continue what we we're doing and, and start doing even more. So that's when Transition came into being. So I got a job with Gate Church Carbon Saving Project. Up until that point, I'd been working as a freelance journalist from home, which I thoroughly enjoyed and it just fitted in, you know, with my lifestyle. But I'd got to the stage where I just thought, no, I just fancy having an actual job where I've got to be at a place at a certain time and, yeah, it, just have colleagues. Um, so I started having a look about and I could not believe it when I saw this job. It was just absolutely everything. It was everything that I was doing already. Because all my life, I've been interested in looking after our resources. I've been vegetarian um, since I was 18, so it was a very long time ago. All, all these um, sort of upcycling and recycling, it was just what I did anyway. I'd been running um, a little environmental group in this primary school that my children were at. It, it was everything that I wanted. And there was this job that I could actually be paid to do it, be with like-minded people. And it was just, it was just so nice for me to get that job. And as you say, it started as a result of the Climate Challenge Fund coming to the end, and you must have made a big, everybody must have made a big commitment of faith to move to what is now a social enterprise, I guess. That's it, exactly. Um, there, there were three of us on the team, and we were all just saying, yes, this is what we want to do. It was a total leap of faith, of course it was, um, but Lindsay McCauley has done excellent work getting the funding that we need. And we were all prepared to put in the hard work because, of course, uh, we had to start right, back, right from scratch, getting premises, getting those premises ready to open up a shop, which none of us had done before. Um, but we just knew it was something we wanted to do. There was a lot of goodwill, a lot of people supporting us. So we knew that people wanted it to be a success. And, and that was helpful. It wasn't just us thinking, oh, wouldn't this be good? A lot of people said, yes, you should be doing this. Um, so, so we just decided to go for it, and it has been really positive, I must say. And so, what were some of the challenges in the early days for you personally, jumping from being a freelance journalist, being jetting around the world, and you know, <laughs> hang out and, and cocktail bars in, in all four corners of the of the, of the planet? <laughs> what What were the kind of challenges for you in in going into this new role? Uh, my first challenge was finding my way around Dundee because I didn't know Dundee at all. And oh my goodness, I had to go out. At that time, we had give boxes all over the city uh, where people could drop off anything at all that they didn't want and we would find a new home. Um, and it was all, Joyce, just go here, just go there. And I had no idea, but actually I forced myself the first week. I used to sat nav to get there and then sat nav to get back again. The second week I thought, I'll sat nav my way there, but I must find my own way back. And the third week I thought, just do it. Um, so purely from a practical point of view, I got to know the city. It was great. Do you know, there weren't really challenges uh, because it was just all, it was just so exciting for me. And I remember thinking, my goodness, there's such a lot of need in Dundee that I hadn't really been aware of. 
But then I thought, my goodness, there's so many people trying to help. And I met so many wonderful people. I met, we were working at that time with people like Starter Packs and Scrap Antics and um, the Clothing Bank. There's just so many, so many good things. And I was up at the Food Bank sometimes and all these people, and we were all just trying to work together. So it was just so exciting. And um, it just kind of gives you that energy to keep going. So it really wasn't a challenge. And it was great because kind of had ideas of things we could do and we could always just make it work and because we are primarily about avoiding waste um we we don't go and buy things you know we just find things whatever we've got around the place but we always manage to find what we need and we always manage to find the people who can help us um to do things because we're, we're not experts in any of this um so sometimes we you know other people will offer help or we'll call in a bit of help and there's just so much goodwill about the place no, it's really not difficult at all and what sort of skills have you brought to to bear? Because, I mean, when I look at the, the wardrobe, for example, as being something which is involved in clothing, was that a particular interest that you've always had or was it something that developed? Yeah, I've always liked clothes. Um, we always say um, fast fashion is just dreadful and I've never bought into fast fashion. I've been wearing second-hand clothes, you know, since I was in my, uh, probably in my teens. I was the queen of the charity shops. I found what I needed there. Um, I've never felt the need to, I mean, I followed, you know, I like to look, a fashion was the wrong word, you want to look kind of stylish and not in an old-fashioned way, but that does not mean you need to go by every Saturday, you need to go buy something new to wear that weekend, I've never done that, and I always say, yeah, we, we don't need all these clothes, we don't need all these mass-produced, we don't need all these mass-produced things that are coming halfway across the world, um, but equally, you're not going to find me in the same leggings and sweatshirt all week. So I've always found ways of primarily buying second-time clothes. I do a lot of knitting. I've learned to sew. Now, that was a challenge when we started working here that I realised this was a skill that I probably needed to pick up because I wasn't confident. Um, but I've learned to do that simply by having someone sitting beside me saying, OK, just do it, and it's worked out well. I brought that kind of – it was almost like a lifestyle for me. I had all that behind me. I was vegetarian, and now – to be honest, when I went vegetarian in the 1980s, it was more for health, but then it became obvious that that was very important for the planet as well. And same with the recycling and, and throwing things out. I just didn't like doing it. I was never brought up to do that. And it, I gradually realised the importance that has, you know, on the climate. So all these things I was doing. So really what I bring is a life's worth of experience. And because I worked as a journalist, I'm used to talking to people, you know, and I'm quite good at communicating. So I can do that kind of thing as well. So it, it just all came together for me. And in terms of the acquiring these skills, such as sewing and, and having the patience to do those those kind of things, you but you've gone to the next stage, which is, I know, for example, I mentioned to you before we were talking, that you seem to run transition and you seem to run workshops everywhere. So how much has that that been part of the journey as well? Oh, that's been the best part to tell you. Just, again, and it's, it's all to do with communication. Obviously, we started off, I think we'll do this. I think we'll offer sewing. That was our first thing. We really wanted people to be able to look after their clothes better. Because if you can manage to repair your clothes, you're going to wear them a bit longer. If you see something and it's too long if you can put up a hem you can just buy that you know maybe in a charity shop you don't need to worry about that so that was always important you kind of thought well we can make a restart on this we did a bit of upcycling we used to make um, in fact we still do make uh, reusable face cloths so instead of buying whites you use these 
cloth that you then put in the washing machine after. So we were doing simple things like that. And then very luckily, Kate Mackey, who's head of wardrobe at Dundee Red, got in touch with us and said, I would love to be involved. So I was able to say, well, would you like to run our sewing classes? And she said, yes. And that's been great. Um, So that's the kind of thing I was talking about, how people actually come to us and want to help us. So that was easy. Other things, we always look at the environmental aspect. Any workshops, it's all to do with saving the environment in some way. Sometimes it's also about saving money and the two things tend to go hand in hand. So um, the pet beds, for example, you don't need to go and spend money buying a new pet bed because there's all this fabric in existence that people don't want that they pass on to us that we can use. The inside of the pet beds are made from old duvets because you can't pass them on. Charities aren't allowed to sell that. You know, starter parts um, can't give out a second-hand duvet, even though there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. So you can't recycle it. What are you going to do with it? Well, there you are. You can turn it into a pet bed. A lot of these things we say they're good for giving us gifts because here's another thing. Do we all need to spend our money buying things that have been shipped across the world for Christmas presents? Or could we actually make things which mean a lot more to people um, and here's where the saving money often comes into as well there's the satisfaction of making something there's the saving you know for example the duvet from being going to the landfill and there's just that you know that just nice personal connection if you've made something for somebody it just means a lot more so a lot of the things we do with we do um, things like Christmas wrapping paper which doesn't have to be for Christmas this is obviously all year round but again don't buy wrapping paper and cards and envelopes that are going to be used once and then thrown out. You could make your own. You've probably got things lying about the house that you could actually use um, for the, we make gift bags. You can make them out of an old magazine or an old map. You know, you've got, these things are probably, you've got them already. It, they're not difficult. None of the things we do are difficult because what we want is for people to come to our workshops and they think, oh, I could do that at home. I could show that to somebody else. And that way the word gets spread out and out and out. It's not just about one person learning how to do something. It's one person then thinking, well, I can teach that to somebody else. We get lovely um, examples of sometimes people, when we started a knitting group, now the knitting group actually is primarily a social group because that's important to us as well, because we are aware that some groups are very isolated. Um, so we have a, a drop-in knitting group on a Wednesday. And so many people said to me, could you do a crochet workshop? Now, I can't crochet. So I said, no, I can't because I can knit. But I just get my eyes and ears open and I found someone who could crochet and she offered to do the workshop for us. Similarly, someone came in, I think about three people individually asked me about embroidery, which I'd never thought about. But which, again, is a great thing because then you're upcycling something you've got, you make it what you want it to be and you use it again um, and again just by luck I got chatting to somebody who said she would run the embroidery class so we get all these helpers and we also try not just to we don't want to say right this is what we think you need to know if people come to us saying this is what we'd like then we try and find a way of learning how to do it ourselves or finding someone that can help us um, and we try to have a variety of things and the things I've spoken about are what you might call craft things, and they're all important. But we had, um, for example, we did a climate cafe, which was really good, just where people could come and talk about the climate crisis, what we can do about it. We're doing one next year, early on in the year, uh, budgeting, which is just so important for us all just now. Um, we can all learn a little bit more about, you know, what we should be doing with our money, how we can make it go further. 
a lady came to me said, would you like to do felting? And, and that's been great. So we'll be doing that. So we're, we're just always looking at ideas, but it's just great that so many people come to us. And I'll tell you the other lovely thing about our workshops, they're quite informal. There's always a lot of chat. We always learn things as well. Um, and at almost every single workshop we've done, somebody has said to me, I love what you do. Could I come and volunteer here? So we've got volunteers that way as well. So we just seem to be pitching it right. We're trying to get different people. We've got a couple of young volunteers who are still at school who said to me they would like to run an eating making workshop. We get lots of jewellery donated to the wardrobe and some of it's broken. So again, what are we going to do with it? Well, here you are. Let's um, turn them into earrings, which the young girls did. Um, and a few younger people and older people came to that. Um, so it's just trying to get different ideas for different people. What do you enjoy most? <laughs> I just love everything. I probably do enjoy the workshops, actually. I, I do. I really like it when people come in and they're just always so so pleased to be there and the pleasant surprise because they come into the workshop, sorry, they come into the wardrobe upstairs, but the workshops are held downstairs and they're always surprised we've got this big, big room downstairs. And I just like the, the, the flow between us. It is not me or anybody else standing up teaching in any way. It's us saying, like, this is what we're doing. We're doing it together. And somebody will say, oh, I love this fabric. I, do you know you can get such and such? You know, this is the place to go. We're always just learning from each other. And I think that's what I really like. It's, it's all about the people that we're meeting. And are there any skills that you particularly would like to pick up? I mean, you must be, with all this this talent coming in and w- with you, there must be s- things that you personally would like to to know a little bit more about or, because every day, it sounds to me like every day is a school day for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, there probably are. There are a couple of workshops which I would have actually quite liked to attend. I would have quite liked to go to crochet because I can't crochet. We do a lamp making workshop, which is so popular, and that's a lovely one. And, and we've got this oh, this just lovely man comes in and helps us with that. Uh, and that came about because we just got chatting in the shop one day, and he said, "Oh, I upcycle I make things." You know, that sounds great. And he came in the next day and showed me this lamp that he'd made from an old bottle, and it was so beautiful. I said, "I just love that." He saw it's very easy. So again, I just took my chance to say, "Could you teach other people how to do that?" He said, well, yes, I could. And that's been great because he comes in and does that for us. So that's upcycling, that's saving things, that's making something good for your home or for a gift. But also he's teaching people how to wire a plug, you know, which so many people don't know how to do anymore. Um, so he's teaching and he's giving that confidence. Don't be worried, you can do this. Um, so there's more involved. Now, I would love to do that, but it's I just haven't been. I work um, one Saturday a month and I haven't been working the Saturdays. That he's been there. Um, although I love my work, I do, you know, I don't have that much time on my side. I've still got family at home and I've got other commitments. Um, but yeah, there's lots of things. Um, and I would quite like to get um, some other speakers coming in. We had um, Serena Baker, who had won the Great British Sewing Bee. She had a book coming out. So she came and spoke about a book, and that was great. And that made me think, I would love to be doing more of this. But there are only so many hours in the day. Um, but, you know, come time. Yeah, I'll pick up other skills through this, I'm sure. So anyone listening to this podcast is getting a fair idea of what transition actually means, because it sounds to me like there are there are a whole series of, of themes, and we haven't touched on on the food aspects. We touched on on the the fast fashion um, side of it, but what what's transition mean to you now? 
transition, it's about looking at the climate crisis. What's happening? What can we do to solve it? And that's really the kind of the first thing. But we're also looking at building a bit of a community. And I think that's something we're doing very well at the wardrobe. Whether it's people who come in quite often for the clothes that we get to know, the workshops, we get to know people even better, obviously. And we want people to feel that this is a place where they can come um, and talk about things and ask questions and find out things. Um, And we do do that. We're also looking at inequality because, my goodness, there's a huge issue there, isn't there? At the wardrobe, there's a section of free clothes, which are there for everybody. And you don't have to show me that you need these clothes. You just need to say, I can use those, I can take those. Because we've got so many clothes, we'll never, ever get rid of all the clothes that we get donated to the wardrobe. So we can give some away for free. That's partly why we do a lot of upcycling, because to say to people, OK, you, you've got this, this beautiful dress, you're not going to wear it. But if you love that fabric, turn it into something else. Um, so we're, we're trying to really encourage people to think about these things, to maybe change their way of thinking a little bit, primarily not throwing things out. That, that's sort of our main thing. But we look also at the, you know, like the financial insecurity because people are struggling. When we do our workshops, we keep the price quite low anyway, um, but we always have a couple of places that are really you know, like £2. We used to have three places, but unfortunately we found that if somebody booked a free place, they maybe wouldn't then turn up. But if they paid only £2, they, they do tend to come. Having said that, um, somebody came to me recently and said they were really, really struggling. And I said, well, just give me £1. You know, we want things to be accessible to everybody as, as far as possible. So we don't want it to be a barrier that people think, oh, it would be so useful for me to learn that, but I can't pay to come in. So we do that. And that's why we also go out to other groups. And that's something we'd like to do more of. Instead of expecting people to come to us, we could go out to them. And it would have that cascading effect. If we could show somebody in another part of Dundee how to do really quite simple things, they could then show somebody else. The final thing about transition is we're also kind of looking after people's well-being because we're very aware, you know, the combination of we've just come through the pandemic, we're we're now in this um, cost of living crisis. It's difficult for people. So again... I suppose that comes into that kind of community of people feel this is a kind of place they can come and just feel that they're amongst friends, really. Um, and that's really quite important to us as well. So, Joyce, you've told us everything about what's been going on so far. Let's look into the crystal ball for 2023 and and further out. What happens next for you? Well, at the moment, we have got a wonderful bunch of volunteers. We've just taken on two new members of staff. so. With these members of staff, that will free up a bit of time to do a little bit more planning. And it also gives us, obviously, four new hands. And I think it'd be lovely if we could be doing more getting out to people. As I said before, instead of them coming to us, couldn't we be going out to other people? There are so many groups throughout Dundee. Now, we could be going to people that really need it. You know, we could be saying, um, you know, here's, here's a group that need a bit of help with whatever it is. Um, like, for example, making draft excluders, you know, should we be making these for groups that are struggling with our housing and things like that? But wouldn't it be great if we could also go to groups like the Scouts or the Women's Guild or the uh, I mean, Teachers Association, anything like that? People who maybe hadn't even thought about what we are doing and say to them, this is what we do. And you know, would you like to be involved? 
because we could just get that message out to so many more people about why we're doing what we're doing. We could be doing more work in schools. We've done that a little bit. And of course, that's great because, you know, the children then go home and tell their parents and, and children get the message. You know, they're, they're really good at that. And you give them something hands on, they take it home. And, and that's a great way of just getting our message right out as far as wide, as wide as we can. It's been inspirational talking to you. Joyce, but I guess my question in the back of my mind is, if anyone was listening to this podcast and was energized by what you've explained in your journey to transition, what kind of advice would you would you give that person? Well, I would love to think that somebody here is listening thinking, oh, that's really interesting. I would like to do that. Right. One of the things I would say is you are never too old. I was 56 when I got a job at the Gate Church Grammar Saving Project, and I thought I'd but I'd never get a job ever again, to be honest. But I did, um, and I was working with a lot of young people, and that's been really good as well. So first thing is, if you're interested, just go for it. If you don't know quite where to start, look at maybe volunteering. Um, most of the projects that we work with are very reliant on volunteers, as are we. So maybe that's a way to get your foot in the door, see, do you really like doing it? There, there's so much going on, just find out more, and don't be afraid and don't think, oh, yes, but I don't have, you know, a qualification, this or that. I don't have a geography degree. I haven't done this uh, master's in um, upcycling or whatever it is. That doesn't matter. Your life experience is really what matters. And if you've done anything at all, if you've just sorted out your recycling at home this morning, then you've done something already. And if you think, yeah, but I want to do more, there's so many options we have drop-in sessions. You don't even have to commit. You don't have to book a place, a workshop. You could drop into the sewing or you could drop into the knitting. And for those things, sometimes I say to people, I don't care if you don't knit, just sit and have a cup of tea with us if that's what you want, if that's what you need at the moment. And you'll just get into the conversation and you'll find out what's going on. And you might think this is a place for me or we might mention somewhere else that is geographically more convenient for you. And I suppose the other thing is, uh, even if you're not doing this, at work, do it in your home life. We can all make just a little change, can't we? Maybe you'll just think, for one day a week, I won't use the car. Well, if everyone did that, what a huge difference that would make, couldn't it? You know, or for one month, I won't buy any new clothes. Or I'll go into charity shops more often. When I drop things off, I'll actually stop and look around and see what there is. Um, or it could be we started in our family, because I've got a big family, we decided the over-18s didn't only get Christmas present, let's do a secret Santa instead. You know, so all these things can be done. And once you start doing one thing, it really will lead to something else. Once you get going on this, you'll not want to stop. You'll not think, oh, that's it, I've done my bit. You'll always think there's more that can be done. Joyce, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And thank you so much for sharing part of your life story. Well, thank you. I hope people will come and visit us at Transition, and I hope they will feel you know, inspired to think, what could they be doing? Um, I should have said, you might even just want to start up some little group by yourself, you know? You could just get a couple of friends involved and do something, yeah. I hope people, I hope people have been interested and they do think, yeah, if she can do it, so can I. 